Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Rust and Carter have scored for the Pittsburgh Penguins who lead the New York Islanders 2-0 with four minutes left in the first period. Game two of that series, the Islanders are up one game to nothing. Coming up in a few minutes, it's the Lightning and the Panthers. The Lightning with a one nothing edge in that series. Later on tonight, it's the Wild and the Golden Knights. Minnesota took the opener there. There was also a regular season game this afternoon. I didn't watch it. Did you? Canucks beat the Flames 4-2. Brock Besser scored his 23rd of the season. Those two teams still have one more to play tomorrow. Tomorrow, 7 o'clock, Rogers Place, Jets, Oilers, game one of their best of seven. Our coverage on 630, Ched, will start with the face-off show at 5. We're looking forward to bringing you that one. It is the most tense time of the year. There is nothing like playoff hockey. And Dave Tippett, the head coach of your Oilers, had some words of wisdom about playoff pressure. You know, there's an old saying, pressure is a privilege. And you earn that privilege by putting the work in to get yourself to those pressure situations. So embrace the, embrace the pressure. Understand what it is. It's You're put in pressure situations because you've accomplished something. You want to continue to accomplish. So that's what, that's what we're embracing. Pressure is a privilege. Enjoy the privilege. I love how he puts that. Pressure is a privilege. You want to win playoff games. You want to win the Stanley Cup. If you're going to do that, you're going to face moments of extreme pressure. So if that's what you want, you better embrace the pressure and realize that it's a privilege what you're experiencing because that means you're going deeper, deeper into the postseason. That is an awesome way to look at it. Here's how we expect Dave Tippett to deploy his players tomorrow to face that pressure. Practice today at Rogers Place. It was McDavid centering Cahoon and Pugliarvi. Dry sidle between Nugent Hopkins and Yamamoto. Kara with Archibald and Chase on Archibald on the left side and Ryan McLeod centering James Neal and Zach Cassian, Zach Cassian on right wing. So it looks like he's healthy and ready to go. So Devin share uh, Devin shore bumped out of the top 12. He wasn't on even on the ice today. Yesterday, the Oilers had 15 forwards on the ice today, just the 12. So we expect those are going to be the 12 who played tomorrow against Winnipeg. Cassian, of course, we haven't seen him in about a month since he was hurt against the Montreal Canadiens. Tip it on Cassian. Yeah, Cass was Cass was really came uh, came a long way here in the last week. Uh, I didn't anticipate him being ready, but he went through a full practice yesterday, came in today raring to go, so uh, he can be a valuable player. He's a big, hard player, good skill, speed. Can be. You watch these games on TV, how they're being played. He can be a, he can be a real asset for us. So, um, you know, we uh, with young McLeod there and and Neil, he's got a McLeod's got a couple of good veterans on the side with some size. McLeod transports the puck very well. So um, so we'll see. It's uh, it's got the makings of a good line. 
All right. So Cassian Tippett said it. He has speed. He has size. He can really impact the game. And when he's on his game, he's pretty good at it. We, we still look back fondly on the 2017 playoffs when he was an absolute beast in a couple of games against the San Jose Sharks. And since then, I think you would say up and down for Cassian. Some injuries have plagued him along the way. A couple of suspensions. I would not say this has been a great year uh, for Cassian, though twice he's missed extended stretches because of injuries. If he's feeling good, if he's ready to go, if he's ready to bring what he can bring in the postseason, that could be a game changer for the Edmonton Oilers. Now, taking on a Winnipeg Jets team that is not healthy, doesn't look like Nick Ehlers is going to play, doesn't look like Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to play. Doesn't look like Andrew Kopp is going to play, at least in game one. Uh, the, the head coach of the Jets, Paul Maurice, said not necessarily game day decisions, but game day announcements in terms of whether or not those guys are going to play. But the, the word out of Winnipeg, and we had Jamie Thomas on the show last night, doesn't look good for those guys in the lineup. But nonetheless, the Jets are known for being a deep team up front. Connor McDavid commented on that. I mean, obviously they got good players. Uh, you know that that's what makes it makes the team deep. Um, you know, up front they're they're as deep as uh, as anyone in the league. And you know, for us to be successful against the Jets, uh, you know, we got to check. We got to be hard on them, hard on their skilled guys. Um, you know, not not let them uh, generate the speed they want to. You know, you hear lots of them talking about. Uh, you know, they got to shut us down, but. You know, we got to shut them down and, and their transition game is as, as good as anyone and they got a great power play so you know for us um discipline is important making sure that uh you know we're able to uh to, st to stay on top of them and, and not turn the pucks over all right connor mcdavid commenting on the jets lineup and how you beat them i expect this is going to be a physical series i think some oilers players are going to have to rise to the occasion in that department on the back end it was nurse with barry kulikov with larson and cuckoo once again with ethan bear you know when dave Tippett talked last week about cuckoo being in the top six for defensemen didn't sound like it but he played on saturday against the canucks played well and not an overly intense or physical game but obviously made an impression and it appears that they're going to go with cuckoo tomorrow the oilers did have nine defensemen on the ice nurse or uh, pardon me uh, jones and bouchard and chris russell were also on the ice. I, I would think if Chris Russell were totally healthy, he might be sliding into that spot, but it does look like Slater Cuckoo is going to play tomorrow, and of course Mike Smith will be the goaltender. The focus for the Jets, we were talking about it last night. I'm sure it's the main thing that the Jets are talking about, stopping the guy who put up 105 points in 56 games in the regular season, Connor McDavid. How do they shut him down? Well, here's Adam Lowry. He had 105 points, so if I if I could shut him down and he has zero in the game, I think, you know, that's really, really bodes well for our chances. But, you know, it's one of those things. You're, you're not just going out there with the sole mindset of flipping pucks out. You know, you, you kind of want to tilt the ice as well. You know, you want to frustrate them. You want to force them to defend. You want to, you know, create some chances. If if you can chip in offensively, that's that's huge. You know, the, the chances of him getting on the board in the game are, you know, pretty high the way he's him and Leon have played this year all right that is Adam Lowry thanks a lot for tuning in tonight my name is Reed Wilkins it's inside sports on Oilers and Double E Radio 630 Chad happy to hear from you this evening the hotline presented by CertainTeed professional grade building materials the number to both call and text is 780-496-0063 
We'll do it this evening, and I'll drop them in throughout the show since it's the night before a big series starts for an Edmonton team. Give me your prediction for the Oilers and the Jets, the number of games, and give me some detail that you think is going to happen in the series. Maybe Archibald's going to score a hat trick. Maybe Mike Smith's going to score a goal. Maybe it'll go seven games and five of the games will be shutouts. Maybe there will be uh, an alien landing during one of the games. I don't know. Send it in. And remember, standard rules for inside sports predictions. Anything that is right will be celebrated and enshrined forever in the Inside Sports Hall of Fame. Incorrect predictions just amazingly get lost and are never heard from again and never referred to. We got Rob Brown coming up later. We got Bob Stoffer. We got Marco Sturm, LA Kings assistant coach. Leon passed him earlier this season to become the highest scoring German of all time. And when we get back, Kelly Rudy. It's Inside Sports on Chet. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Uh, Tyler coming in with a prediction that the Oilers will win in five. He says they'll lose game three, but Ryan McLeod will score his first goal. That is some detail coming in from Tyler. Keep him coming. He joins us every week on Inside Sports, powered by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian Store, Canadian Try, four weeks free. Visit sentinelstorage.ca. Former NHL goaltender, now an analyst with the NHL on Rogers. It's Kelly Rudy. Kelly, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. Reading yourself? I'm doing very well. It's great to have you on the show. And I got to thank Dave Campbell, the producer of this program, who reminded me, I got to mention a little tidbit that Ilya Sorokin of the New York Islanders tied a record that you had with the Islanders. You know what we're talking about here? You know, I saw something on Twitter and I, uh, I'm unsure. Is it most saves in my first ever playoff game? Most saves by a rookie goaltender in a okay. playoff game. And, and I guess it okay. was the first playoff game for both guys as well. But you made 39 saves April 11th, 85 against the Capitals. Uh, unfortunately, you took the loss in that one. The Capitals won the game 2-1, but you stopped 39 out of 41. Yeah, I, I remember the game winning goal well because Mike Gartner scored it. And if you're to ever have any interest in Googling or a YouTube, but I, I was interfered with. So that goal should not have counted. In today's game, there's not a chance that that goal is allowed. But that was a different game back then. There was so much goalie contact, and, you know, you have to fight for your uh, your crease area. It was just, it was uh, wild, wild west back then. And, you know, it, it. I was furious that they allowed the goal. But nonetheless, it was such a great experience to play in my first uh, playoff game, go to overtime. And I, I guess I played quite well. And so I was earning the trust of Al Arbor and all those sorts of different scenarios. How come you, uh, you started the game after not playing game one? Because that was a, an Al Arbor theory. So Al really liked to rotate goaltenders, even in playoffs to start with. And then, uh, so that's how it was in uh, 85. Billy Smith played the first game. Uh, he lost, so I played game two. And and by the way, back then, they were back-to-back -back games, right? So there were no days off in between games. So it was, uh, 
Uh, that was a best of five series, and so uh, the first four games were in five nights. So it was uh, it was frantic, and I, I I do remember we went back home, and Billy Smith then he played the rest of the series, and he was spectacular. Uh, in particular, in Game Five, we had no business beating the Washington Capitals in Washington, but Smitty was uh, just. He was every bit as good as he was in the Stanley Cup uh, Finals the years before. So it was just it was just magical to watch. Yeah, best of five series. Washington won the first two games, and then you guys came back to win the next three to take the series. Okay, so let's continue the goaltending chat. And there's been a lot of discussion around that position here going into the Oilers Jets series, and. Sports are funny, Kelly, because if you just looked at this season, if you'd never yep. watched hockey before this year, mm-hmm. you would probably be sitting there thinking, why are Oilers fans worried about goaltending going into this series? But <laughs> there's a whole history with Mike Smith, and there's a whole history with Connor Hellbuck, who's had an awesome career, and he's still relatively young. How do, how do you look at this goaltending matchup? Uh, I'm unsure, undecided. So Mike Smith, there's no question about it, and you and I have talked about it. He has had a Vesna-like season. Um, I think that has shocked everybody. I think that when he got out of the gate, well, he had the injury to start with, but when he got out of the gates quick, I think people were like, yeah, that's fantastic, but when is the slide going to happen? And it just hasn't. He has just been remarkable. He has uh, put in one of the best seasons of any goaltender this year. So I have zero doubt about what he can do. And on the other end of it, it's funny because Hellebuck, I believe it was four or five weeks ago on a Saturday, Scott Oak did a little feature on him. And there was a a comment that Hellebuck had something about at that point, he was ramping up, ramping up, ramping up. And it's been uh, something the opposite the last eight to eight or nine games. Now it's not all on him and I love his attitude. He doesn't take that burden on, but he hasn't been quite the same. And so going into this season or this uh, series, I'm undecided what we're going to get from both goalies. I, uh, I expect Mike Smith is going to be brilliant, but I'm, I'm concerned about Hellebuck and his teammates. And I shouldn't be because, you know, like I said, a few weeks ago, I would have said, you know, I would not want to play Winnipeg and yet they're, they're not looking like they, they did earlier. Yeah, only won three of their last, uh, you know, 11 or 12 down the stretch. So when you said about Mike Smith, could he have a slide? And I, I think we saw that when he was the Calgary Flame, and we saw that in the 1920 season where he was really good early, December was poor, and then he was yeah. really good leading up to the pause. Is there anything we should watch for in his game, like technique-wise or save-style-wise, where you think, oh, oh, something not good is creeping in? No, because I see it differently with Mike Smith. So technically, there are other guys that uh, maybe do it a little bit uh, smoother and uh, a little bit uh, nicer to watch. But that is nothing to me, really. It's just that's how he does it. That's how he gets by. He's a, he's an older guy, so he's uh, just relying on his old habits, and that's an okay thing. For me, it's, you know, you, he expends so much energy every single outing, like mentally and physically he is all in, and that's a that's a treat to watch, but it's also draining. So that would be the only thing that I would watch for is if, because the, the playoffs are so tense, can he sustain that? That's the only concern I have, 
And he has proven in the past that he can, right? And you look at when uh, when he was with Calgary and they lost in five games to uh, Colorado, he was by far the Flames' best player. It wasn't on him. He was he was exceptional. Yeah. Well, and I talked to Jamie Thomas from CGLB yesterday, and, and he said the Jets seem to be game planning more for Smith's puck handling than his puck stopping, which is okay. <laughs> which is interesting, keeping the puck away from him on the dumpins. It's hard to do, though. Like, it's, it's one thing to plan it, but... You know, I suspect what they're going to do is trying to, when they just chip the puck by the Oilers defenseman, it'll only be about, uh, you know, 10 feet behind the defenseman and not not close enough to the goal line that Mike Smith can come out and get it, right? So he's so active, he's such a good skater, and he gets out there and he's he works so well with his defenseman. But that's hard to do, you know, under pressure to just, only put the puck in certain spots because you certainly it's very very difficult to rim the puck on mike smith and rarely does he ever miss it from behind the net yeah for sure okay well it's been a fun start to the postseason so far kelly i know you got a busy few days ahead of you it's always great to have you on the show and enjoy the orders and jets when they finally get going tomorrow man okay thanks Reed. have a great week that is Kelly Rooney, weekly guest here on the show, powered by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian Store Canadian. Try four weeks free. Visit sentinelstorage.ca. We'll update the playoff scoreboard and Rob Brown coming up as we set up the Oilers and the Jets. Early in the second period, the Penguins still leading the Islanders 2-0. It is Rust and Carter with the goals. Six minutes left in the first period, lightning up 1-0 on the Panthers. Steven Stamkos has scored his first of the postseason for the Lightning. Later on tonight, it's the Wild and the Golden Knights. And in the Who Cares Cup this afternoon, it was the Canucks over the Flames 4-2. Goal out wide. Outlet pass comes to Lemieux. Two on one with Brown Samuelson back. Now a three on one. Lemieux to Brown. He scores! There is one of a dozen Stanley Cup playoff goals scored by my good friend rob brown who checks in right now we found a highlight rob there it was for you buddy <laughs> well i didn't know they had uh audio and stuff back when i played although didn't that sound good with all the fans cheering it did sound good it's been neat hearing uh some of the reactions in some of the buildings though i'm gonna miss it tomorrow because you know what it's like with the momentum swings and the fans but yeah that's that's too bad for sure for here anyway it's nice to see them in other buildings it is it's completely changed watching hockey on tv again over the last well since last march more or less uh with with fans in these playoff games it changes the entire viewing experience it changes uh the way that games are played in all honesty as you talked about momentum swings you can see them now in, in the playoffs when there's a big hit and the fans go crazy or where there's a huge goal uh, or a nice player, any of those things, and the fans get into it, it does make a difference. I can tell you from experience as a player that you, as a player, ride the emotions and, and the intensity of the fan base. And that is certainly missed and will be missed here in the Canadian markets for a while, but it is fun to see the, the U.S. markets have fans and has made watching these playoff games so much more fun. 
Yeah, the Canadians are going to have probably 2,500 fans for uh, Game 6 against Toronto if the series goes that long. So we'll see how it plays out in other markets. Obviously, it's a it's an ever-shifting situation with the pandemic and gatherings and all those uh, types of things. Uh, biggest goal you ever scored in the postseason? NHL, WHL, Memorial Cup, AHL, IHL. If there's some other league you played in that you haven't told me about. <laughs> I've been in a lot of leagues. Um, I have scored an overtime goal in, in the National Hockey League playoffs. I scored one against the New York Rangers, but I think uh, there was one where I had a two-on-one in, in the playoffs, and I set up uh, Phil Bork, I believe it was. I walked around Mark Howe. There weren't many players I could walk around, but Mark Howe, at the end of his career, uh, he was a little slower, and I was able to sneak around him. That was one of my favorite goals that I had in, in the postseason was against Philadelphia Flyers. A team you loved to torment whenever you could. So. Yeah, <laughs> so Ronnie, Ron, Ron Hexel didn't like me, so I really, really enjoyed when I put pucks past him, and I made sure that I celebrated to my fullest every time I did that. Yeah, absolutely, you did. And actually, the, the audio we played was the beginning of the, the chase, though I know you, I've made you tell that story enough times, so we don't have to get into it. Have, by the way, have you been watching Pittsburgh and the Islanders tonight? I did. How about the first goal? Did you see that? Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Because that's Barlamov's first game. He didn't play game one, I don't believe. And you're, uh, you're the Islanders on the bench, and all of a sudden, I mean, that's, that's not a great C scoring chance. I mean, that's not a scoring chance. And he completely muffed it. And all of a sudden, uh, you're the, the Islanders thinking, all right, we've won game one. Let's come out hard. And Pittsburgh scores a goal like that, puts you back on your, your heels early. Yeah, there, there's there been some incredible goaltending uh, performances so far in the playoffs. That wasn't one. How about going back? I haven't talked to you since. The Vegas Golden Knights game against the Minnesota Wild, uh, Talbot and Fleury. The goaltending was absolutely incredible. And Fleury looked like he was 25 years old. He made, uh, eight, well, seven, eight grade A five alarm saves in that. Some, I've, watched, I've watched more hockey over the last few days, seeing teams that I haven't seen all year. And I've seen some of the best hockey games that I've seen in years. Florida, Tampa, Vegas, Minnesota, Boston, Washington. This is the best time of year, and we're seeing why. Well, and that's what the Oilers are going to try to embrace here in the series about the series against the Jets. Dave Tippett had a great soundbite today, Rob. He said, pressure is a privilege. And I loved how he put that and, and said, look, if you want to play in the postseason, then accept it as a privilege that you've gone deep enough or you're going far enough to have pressure on you. And I think, I mean, you and I talk about that all the time. Sometimes the mental element or that ability to have something negative happen in a game and not let it derail you, that often separates the championship teams from the teams that are out in the first or second round. And I think that's another thing that the Oilers are going to have to get through. They talked about the the disappointment of, uh, uh, of losing to Chicago last year. The guys that have been here long enough were asked about going to the second round in 2017 and seeming like the team was on the way up and then having a couple of years out of the playoffs again. So, um, you know, the Oilers kind of core guys, McDavid, Larson, uh, Nurse, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, they've been through that. And then you have the older guys that, uh, you know, I think, I think Tippett called them uh, battle-tested today, which is a nice way of saying they're old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, as an old person myself, I, I like that adjective, those adjectives better. Uh, well, 
what you see throughout the history of any sport is, is some players excel under pressure and some players are overwhelmed. And the same is with teams. Some teams, that the, the bigger the moment, uh, they, st- they stand out more. And so other teams, uh, when they're faced a little stress in, in their game, they seem to wilt. And this is what, at the end of the playoffs, uh, it, it's not always the best regular season team. It rarely is. But it's the team that faced adversity, faced stress, and overcame it in, in four different series to, to be holding the Stanley Cup. But there, there's no other sport that has to go through the, the gruel, uh, the grueling games or, or series or road to a championship that the NHL has. And that's why, I mean, it is truly a champion when, when they're crowned uh, in, well, I guess this year in July, because they have to go through four seven-game series. And every championship team at some point faced adversity. They faced a moment where, you know what, if, if things go sideways here, I mean, we might not be playing tomorrow. Yet those teams are the ones that are able to overcome it. And that's why regular season separates teams in a way that, oh, they got more depth, they had better, uh, they didn't have as many injuries, they had some great performances. Playoffs separates men and boys. And that's why it's so much fun now. You have guys that are just, you know, marginal players in the regular season, but when pressure comes, they stand up and then are counted. And that's why the teams that win are the ones that have more players that love and enjoy the pressure than the teams that they beat. Rob Brown joining us tonight at Inside Sports, getting you ready for the Oilers and the Jets. Tomorrow, 5 o'clock face-off show here on 6.30. Chad, the game will start at 7 o'clock. All right, so one big note from Oilers practice today. It looks like Zach Cassian is healthy and ready to play. Into the top 12, he was on a line with McLeod and James Neal today. Devin Shore comes out. This has been a tough season for Cassian, Rob. Two injuries that cost him about a month each. And I, I would say, to put it mildly, not the impact night after night that generally you hope for from Zach Cassian. But I guess a chance to make it a season to remember if he can perform here in the playoffs. Well, the thing with Zach Cassian, there's no um, middle. He doesn't. He's either great or he's not noticeable at all. There's no, he, oh, he, he was okay tonight. You never say that about Cassian after a game. It's either, oh my goodness, did you see Cassian's game last night? Or, oh my goodness, did you even notice Cassian out there? And he can be noticed. He can be a game changer. You watch the playoffs right now, uh, the physicality, uh, the, the meanness, the toughness uh, in each and every game. Guys changing the complexion of a game, of a period, of a shift. With, by being physical, by being nasty, by coming close to crossing a line. The Oilers need that kind of player too, and Cassie's capable of doing that. We saw that in the playoffs a couple of years ago, but we haven't seen it much since. Uh, Cassie needs to play like he's capable of playing. And the thing right now with the Oilers is they have depth. And if there's anyone in the lineup that is not playing up to their potential, they got guys that are itching to get in there and capable of playing. But Cassian is a player that the Oilers desperately need. He's when he's on his game, when he's playing with fire, there is a nervousness about the other team's defense. When the puck gets dumped in and they look over their shoulder and they see Cassian coming in, they're tentative. And rightfully so, because he just has the ability and the eagerness some nights to drive you through the boards. And though that hesitation allows an Oilers team to get a forecheck going. So, yeah, Cassian 
can be a difference maker. Unfortunately for the Oilers, he hasn't been uh, for most of this year and a lot of last year. But if he gets back to what he's capable of doing, that is a huge addition to the Oilers. Rob Brown joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Still 2-0 Pittsburgh leading the Islanders 12 and a half minutes to go in the second period. I want to touch on a couple other storylines with you here, Rob. You and I texted briefly about this uh, this afternoon. Cole Caulfield for the Canadians, not expected to play in Game 1 against the Leafs on Thursday. All right, he's a rookie. Yes, Barry Kotkaniemi, who you and I have liked when we've seen him, isn't going to play. Uh, the Canadians' lines are expected to be Tatar, Dano, and Gallagher. Huge to get him back. To Foley, Suzuki, and Armia. Perry, Stahl, and Anderson. And Byron, Evans, and and Lekkonen. You, you know, and Montreal has such an interesting lineup, right? Because there's no obvious first line, but there's no huge drop-off. But I was, I was a little surprised to see both those guys coming out. What did you think? I, I was surprised, too. Um... Uh, they're, they're playing against the Toronto Maple Leaf team that is deep and can score. Uh, so obviously you'd love to have the ability to, you're not going to match them offensively, but uh, if you've got a secret weapon or someone can put the puck in the net, you want him in the lineup and Caulfield can do that. Um, then I started going through their lines. Their third line is, is veteran. I mean, they got Stahl and Perry. And I think that the coaching staff right there is saying, all right, we want experience in this lineup. It's a playoff game. Their fourth line, the Byron line, actually was fantastic against the Oilers in the last two games. And I think those three guys are in the lineup because of what they did against the Oilers. Having said that, uh, I tell you, <laughs> if I got a guy like Caulfield, who is a guy that only needs one chance to put the puck in the net, I have him in my lineup. I, I really do. He, he's a game changer. And the Canadians up front, don't have game changers. They they have guys that work hard. They have guys that can keep pressure on you. But there's no one in their top 12 really that scares you offensively because they have to work so hard to get that one goal out of that 12 of, the, of that 12 forwards. Caulfield's a guy that if there's a mistake by the Maple Leafs defense, it's in the back of the net. I believe that Caulfield will be in the series quickly. But like you, I'm surprised he's not in right now. I don't know if you were listening the other night during the intermission when John Shannon did his predictions and he said Toronto in three. <laughs> I did. I started giggling, yes. Do you, th- do you think it has the potential to be that one-sided? Uh, you know, Weber was, was back practicing today and, and he's expected to play. Uh, you know, Price played a game with the uh, Canadians minor league team. Like, I, I do think Toronto should be favored. Is it going to be a wipeout? I don't, I, honestly, I don't think so. I, I'm looking at all the playoffs right now, and in the National Hockey League, the parity is incredible. Uh, the one day, I don't know if it was Sunday or Monday, all three road teams won. All three underdogs won the first game. And, and I see that happening out there. Now, Toronto could win four straight, but to me, if they win four straight, it's probably four one-goal games. Uh, and at the end of each game, they are physically beat up because of what Montreal is capable of doing. There's not one series that is going on right now where at the end of the series, if there was an upset, I would say I'm absolutely shocked by that. Because uh, there isn't. Because the, the underdogs are good. I mean, St. Louis is a huge underdog in there. They're the fourth place team. They've won a Stanley Cup. Um, Winnipeg had a, a horrible run, and the Oilers are heavily favored. But up until three weeks ago in the season, there was a chance they were going to win the division. And Montreal, we've seen what they were able to do against Edmonton when they were physical. So, no, I, I think Toronto has the capability of winning four straight. But if Montreal was to take that, game, that to seven games, 
it wouldn't shock me at all. I think Montreal is a good hockey club. And it, well, it goes back to what Dave Tippett talked about, uh, and you have brought it up a few times. Every team that's in the playoffs right now earned the right to be in the playoffs. And the Montreal Canadiens have earned the right. And I know that there's a lot of people, and a lot of my buddies here were happy that the Oilers are playing the Winnipeg Jets and not the Montreal Canadiens in the first round. And I truly believe that the Oilers match up better against Winnipeg. I think Montreal has a good team. I really do. They will need great goaltending, and they will need some timely goal scoring, but I don't believe it's going to be a walkover for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Rob, this is going to be a blast. I look forward to the, you to see uh, to seeing you at the rink tomorrow night. We got a great face-off show planned, and uh, we're going to be there. And hopefully, it's a long run for the Oilers, man. I'll see you tomorrow night. Thanks a lot for checking in. Sounds good, Reed. Take care. That is Rob Brown, former Pittsburgh Penguin. Yes, Ron Hextall chased him, and now Ron Hextall is the GM of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is how you can get in touch. Uh, yes, thank you for the person, uh, the uh, Billy Jean King, originally responsible for the quote about pressure being a privilege. That is a great quote for sure. Norman, a combine says the Oilers are going to win in six and the two Winnipeg victories will be shutouts. Interesting stuff there. And Greaser says the Oilers will win in five games and Mike Smith will get two assists throughout the course of the series. That is from Greaser. 780-496-0063. Back after this break. Smith between the pipes tomorrow at Rogers Place. Oilers and Jets game one. Our coverage will start at five. The game will start at seven. Every playoff game, every playoff moment right here on 630 Jet. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Yeah, a lot of storylines for the Edmonton Oilers. McDavid, incredible individual season. Now can he get the team success? How is Mike Smith going to play in net? How will Connor Hellebuck play for the Jets? And how is a player like Alex Chason going to contribute one of the Oilers veterans at 30 years of age and a guy who went all the way to the Stanley Cup final with the Capitals in 2018. I I think uh, I've learned a lot uh, playing with that group back in Wash. I think this group has has come together here in the past uh, year or so uh, with our play and uh, how we've kind of come together off the ice as well so i think we're we're uh we're really excited uh with the opportunity that lies ahead like i said i think uh, for myself i just uh you know if i can help here and there um i will but uh i think uh you know it, it's it's really a, a full team process and i think we've realized that and uh we're looking forward for them all Alex Chason, always thoughtful and well-spoken, able to contribute on the power play. Looks like he'll be on a line with Kara and Archibald tomorrow. And on the theme of handling the playoff pressure, here's what Chason had to say. I think that's on individual basis. Uh, you know, pressure to perform as a team. We're a professional athlete, um, and that comes with the job, and that's what you want as, as a player. And uh, you look at all the guys that have had success in the past, so many years are the guys that are able to come through at the right time. And we expect our guys and myself first to, to be able to do that uh, starting tomorrow night. All right. There it is a little bit from Alex Chason of your Edmonton Oilers. Blue Jays in action tonight as well. It's in the middle of the fourth. They lead the Boston Red Sox one nothing. 
Now 2-0 for the Lightning over the Panthers. That's after the first period. Stamkos and Palat, the goal scorers, and still 2-0 for the Penguins up against the Islanders. That's with about six and a half minutes left in the second period. Wild and Golden Knights coming up later. In the next hour of the show, we'll visit with Marco Sturm, now an assistant coach for the LA Kings. He was the highest scoring German NHLer of all time until Leon Dreisaitl passed him during this regular season. Oh, and I better get a quiz ready. We got Bob Stoffer coming up. Inside Sports on 630 Chet continues after the news and weather. 630 Chet Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chet.